Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Thank you and welcome. My guest today is Melissa Marshall. She is from up in Connecticut, and this is part of the Patient Perspective Interview Marathon. And this one is a little bit interesting because I usually do the introductions on here, and you usually are used to hearing me. And oddly enough, my last Patient Perspective Marathon was with Marcy Roth, who unbeknownst to me, was friends with Melissa Marshall. And independently of one another, they scheduled their interviews back to back. And so instead of me having to do the introduction, Marcy, at the end of her interview, when she saw that Melissa was coming on, did the introduction herself. And so here is Marcy Roth introducing Melissa Marshall. Well, thank you very much, Rob. And I am now uh, excited to hand you off to one of my longest and closest and dearest friends and partners in crime. So Rob, Melissa, have a blast. I feel like I am being committed into good hands and see you, you Marcy. You are, you are. You are the first person to get that kind of introduction. So congratulations on that. I, we have, we found out that your name is officially Melissa. Uh, Melissa, where are you coming from? I'm Melissa Marshall. I'm coming from West Hartford, Connecticut, right outside of Hartford. Excellent. And so start me off with, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your background in healthcare? Sure. My background in healthcare started well when I was born. I was born with cerebral palsy, except they didn't tell my mother that until I was three. And she found out that out when a doctor left the room and she, she had the nerve to look in the records and said, what is cerebral palsy? And then she said, why didn't you tell me? And the doctor said, well, you would have sued us. So that was my very first experience in healthcare. I started injuring myself. I was told to try harder and I could do sports if I did better. And I only worked hard. It was kind of like on me. And I was constantly told I needed to walk. I was a toe walker because my Achilles heels were, my Achilles tendons rather were too short. And I was constantly told I needed to walk right, walk on my heels, but I couldn't. And it was painful and I didn't do that. And they ended up having to surgically lengthen them when I was 13. And I got a lot of, you're going to have back problems when you're 50 if you don't stop doing that. And I couldn't stop doing that. It hurt to do anything else. Then in my 20s, along with, you know, I used a wheelchair afterwards. I had to learn to walk again after they lengthened my Achilles tendons because I was in two casts for a couple months. And then I started having massive fatigue in my 20s. So they decided they misdiagnosed me as having probable multiple sclerosis because I never positively tested for MS, but it was a a disability elimination then. And they thought I had MS and had to go through a lot then. I had doctors telling me that I didn't swim enough, which is why I was being massively fatigued and I couldn't sit up. I had one doctor told me after I had completed law school and he knew I worked full time during law school that I now had a job in the real world. So I was overwhelmed with some sexism implied in that. 
Um, and after a while, kind of out of desperation, I got to a point where I couldn't sit up for more than five minutes at a time for like a period of four months. And a friend persuaded me to start doing some alternative medicine. So I started doing some acupuncture. I started doing some kinesiology. I started doing some different kinds of chiropractic. And that really made a vast difference in my life. Um, when I went to have a baby, because I had the goal to give birth to two children, I got a lot of flack from doctors, from midwives. The thought was I shouldn't be doing that. I also had them disbelieving me. One midwife who later got diagnosed with MS said she didn't believe me because I could get onto the table. Then why did I need a wheelchair? And it's really nice to hear her perspective after. She also told me not to breastfeed. This is a midwife, told me not mm. to breastfeed. So, wow. yeah, and I've had back surgery and I've had many, you know, surgeries and, and just dealing with the medical profession throughout my life. Okay. Well, it sounds like you've had your share of issues. Have you met any healthcare heroes along the way? I actually have. Uh, I started doing alternative medicine. I started working with an acupuncturist and he was amazing. And he got me up and walking in like six weeks. And he believed me and he listened to me and he didn't, he didn't say I was making it up. Then I started seeing about 15 years ago, a chiropractor kinesiologist who also worked with me in nutrition. And he had the nerve to pass away about three years ago, and I'm now working with his son. How dare he? How dare he? I'm working with two of his sons. His son, Ashton Kasky, is my chiropractor. He's just about graduating from medical school now, and his brother is a naturopathic MD. So I work with the two of them, and they pair up and work with me together, and that's huge. Yeah, fantastic. Um, what does quality health care mean to you? Quality healthcare to me is healthcare that is one affordable without a $12,000 deductible or $7,000 deductible or $3,000 deductible. It means that it is accessible physically to me. It means that my healthcare practitioners work together as a team and brainstorm and think things through. And that I'm a member, I'm an equal participant in that team. And they ask my opinion. Okay. Asking your opinion. Um, and viewing you as an equal member of the team, really, I, I think that we're moving towards that in the medical world. But that, you know, 30 years ago, that didn't fly. Even 20 years ago. It doesn't that, fly now. It doesn't fly now, from, in my experience. Right. And so how do you do, how do you advocate for yourself to to be included as an equal part of the team and to not accept being relegated to, you know, to sideline status, so to speak. Well, I've had to advocate for myself my entire life. Actually, my mother advocated for me, and then I grew into advocating for myself, and she's my role model in doing that. So I advocate for other people. It's harder to advocate for yourself, but I do. I speak up. I learn the jargon, and sometimes they get intimidated when you, you know the jargon, but sometimes they're really impressed, go, wow, you're really smart. Well, no, it means I know a word that you didn't think I was supposed to know. Um, and it's usually a simple kind of elementary word, but um, it's asking that, it's assuming that, but it's also, it's hard because when you're dealing with people in different disciplines, sometimes you have to explain to them. And for quality healthcare, I wouldn't have to explain to a neurologist that people's cerebral palsy get more urinary tract infections. I also wouldn't have to explain to a urologist that people with cerebral palsy get more urinary tract infections. I, in fact, learned that from a physical therapist. Okay. I, I, which is 
so strange. Like how does, how do, and maybe here's where I'm coming from that mm -hmm. the urologist specializes in the bladder. And so they don't have the overall body experience, uh, or the overall body focus to look at a, a look at someone with cerebral palsy to, you know, to see them full body. It's just, they're used to dealing with the commonly occurring your, you know, urological issues. Exactly. That, that and happen. they don't think of the bladder as another muscle that's controlled by the motor, motor nerve in the brain. Yeah. And I don't get urologists that understand GI stuff and, and vice versa. So it's, it's, there are very few people that are literally holistic and look at whole body systems. And that's what I like about the medical people I work with now, but occasionally I have to see a urologist who doesn't get it. Yeah. And I, I understand exactly where you're coming from because what I'm hearing you say is that there, there are times when modern medicine, Western medicine is very valuable. You know, you break your arm and you, you know, there are, there are different things like that. Um, but there are also other alternatives that are out there, things that you can take a look at. You mentioned acupuncture. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, are there, and maybe I'm forgetting something, were there other areas of alternative medicine that you're looking at as well? One thing I did this fall that I've done in the past is something called Feldenkrais, which is okay. a body method invented by an Israeli man named Moshe Feldenkrais, who is a physicist and an engineer. And this was before they did knee replacements. They said he'd never walk again. And he went, that's silly, and figured out how to do it by bone alignment. And I stopped being able to use my right arm, and I was in lots and lots of pain this fall. And I saw her about twice a week for a month. I still see her periodically, and she fixed that pain. I don't have full ability back, but I'm not in excruciating pain. And that's something I'd done in college. And I did a little bit in one of my pregnancies. And just because my chiropractic kinesiologist says, I'm not sure what to do around this. The acupuncturist that I was seeing said, this clearly isn't working. Let's, let's see what else we can do. He wasn't, he wasn't blaming me. He was like, mm. huh, this isn't working. What do we do? And so they were open to me seeing other people, open to me trying other things. And I found something. Okay. Again, I want to highlight what your acupuncturist said this isn't working what else do we do right and and because many times you have the experience that somebody says what i'm trying doesn't work i'm done i i can't help you anymore because what i've tried doesn't work as opposed to saying okay let's let's brainstorm about this sometimes um, what they do is they blame storm. They, they're not trying to figure out how to solve it. Exactly. They're just trying to figure out who, whose fault it is and who they can pin it on. And um, the person they pin it on is usually me. I've had phlebotomists. I have bad veins and I have veins that are, I shouldn't say bad veins. I have veins that are hard to draw blood from. And I always feel like I've done something wrong. That's somehow my fault. Uh, okay. Well, let me just tell you that I am married. I've been married for 26. Um, I've been married for 27 years mm -hmm. and um, the only way that we have stayed married for 27 years is that no matter what it is, it's my fault. So um, <laughs> that, that's where I come from and that's where I live. So, that works. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and I'll tell you that my veins are getting more difficult to stick. And part of the reason from that is I get stuck often enough that right. um, there's some scar tissue in there and there's some other issues. So, um, it, you know, it, you may think it's my fault, but 
it's actually your colleague's fault, if that I makes remember, any sense at all. I remember being 13 and they couldn't draw blood from me and me saying, okay, it's okay. Let's take some deep breaths. I don't care how many times you stick me. Just don't move it around once you're in there. In the back of my head, I'm thinking, I'm 13. I should not have to manage it. <laughs> you shouldn't have to know how to do all of that. Exactly. So, yep. Um, did I ask you, what do you wish your medical providers understood about you? I wish they asked more questions. I wish they asked, I wish they probed a little more. Sometimes I'll make, I'll, I'll make light of things, not intentionally, but I'll say I'm not sleeping well. They don't say, well, how many hours are you sleeping? Um, the, I wish they would get to know me when I had my first baby. They said, everything's going fine, except we're worried that the contractions aren't hurting. I'm like, oh, they hurt incredibly. They're like, no, they can't be hurting because you're talking through them. I can talk through anything, <laughs> as you might guess. You know, but I've got a high pain tolerance. That doesn't mean I don't feel pain. That means I learned as a child that it is not okay to express pain. And that it is weak and that is a failure on my part. Mm. I, wow. And that's got to be a heavy burden to carry. I mean, I didn't think about it. It wasn't like I was having intense pain and thinking I shouldn't express that. It. it was just, you know, what I did. You know, that was just what I did naturally. I didn't, you know, it didn't occur to me that. Yeah. yeah. So um, it, it, be, it became second nature, I guess. Exactly. Or... Exactly. And unconscious. Absolutely. Okay. Um, last question for you. What is one thing medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of healthcare? I think they can check and explore disability bias because that influences every decision they make about me as a disabled person. And I think they need to learn what their bias is, how it affects their practice, how dealing with that bias could not affect their practice, how asking simple questions could help eliminate their bias, and that it's their job to learn about bias and see how it impacts them and their patients, the people that they see. Okay. Um, well said. So wonderful. Listen, Melissa, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you, um, you sharing. Uh, I appreciate your support in this and really, um, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to do this and good luck. And I'm really happy that you're doing it. So thank you very, very much and keep on trucking. <laughs> Absolutely. And my, as I need to finish every interview with. I appreciate your perspective on healthcare. Thanks for listening to Perspectives on Healthcare. Visit perspectivesonhealthcare.com to learn more about Rob Oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.